1: review last week was so good that we decided to turn it into a two-part series. If you missed last week, you'll find the link in the show notes. It's not mandatory that you listen, but we want to make sure that you don't miss out on this amazing conversation. Hi everyone, it's Roxanne Hodge. Thanks for tuning in again this week. Uh, today I have a colleague that I met uh, just recently in Rome and had the pleasure I uh, was sitting through her workshop, which was f- quite fascinating. And this is Avinda a, a LaRoya, and she's based in Switzerland. And she's done some fascinating work. I often say that, uh, you know, when we say, do you need a lawyer? Um, you, you know, it's good to have the best lawyer. But also, when you're looking at mediating situations, um, the other end of it, um, Avinda does both which I loved sitting through uh, what she shared with us in Rome. So, Avinda, thanks so much uh, for coming on and spending the time with us today.
0: Thank you for having me, Roxanne. I'm really pleased to be here and, and uh, to speak to you about mediation.
1: Right. And I think at the t- the typical kind of scenario, if you're an orator and you're able to articulate and synthesize information and, and feed it back, that would be a party you, you want to be in mediation with. But let's talk about the, the person, and I, I was going to say guy or oh man, but it does need not only be men that get aggressive. Um, how do you deal with individuals like that um, to kind of put them into a space where they're using the logical part of their brain versus kind of react, being that reactive kind of emotional part of the brain? What are there certain? I mean, you said you were. There's a lot of techniques that you use, or can you share one of those things that maybe you use? And I'm thinking for most of us, right, is that's not something that we all want to get better at when we deal with people that are overly aggressive or react, you know, quick to quick to quick to be a bit on the explosive end.
0: Sure. I mean, often when people are very passionate or when they're describing the injustice that they feel, they obviously have a sense of heightened emotion and they can get quite vocal and aggressive because all their anger is, is coming out. So at that point, um, the it, the um, techniques and tools that I use is to listen, to really listen to that person. and and help them to also feel that they are being listened to and acknowledge whatever they are feeling because perhaps it may be something that they've never told anyone else or have the -hmm. confidence to tell anyone else. So they may, and and ensure that they are um, not feeling judged and allow them to have that time to say whatever it is they want to say Mm -hmm. and give them that space, silence, is a pretty powerful tool. So allowing someone to, sometimes people haven't even, they've said it to themselves inside, but they have never heard themselves say it. So after nice. sit when they've actually heard what they've said, silence is actually quite a good tool to help them to reflect. Mm-hmm. The other thing um, I use is um, in, in terms of repeating back what they've said so that they under so they are actually hearing the words that they've said and ask them how how, how do they feel about that you know um how do they is that the is that the is that the right word you know um Mm -hmm. help them to um work through the the emotion the the situation in a sense and and you know sometimes people need to just take a step back sometimes so, so the emotions are so heightened that they need some time to pull back and to review through. It doesn't have to be. Sometimes, of course, in certain circumstances, there may be time limits with mediation in order to, especially in commercial instance, where they want to get to a, a resolution because of you know it's impacting a project or it's impacting a deal. But um, perhaps when it comes to like um, employment disputes workplace disputes i often um give the parties a few days because uh, i often uh, interview and and have individual sessions with the parties in dispute to understand from their point of view what's going on and then i give them the time to reflect before we bring we come together as a group and if you i find that once i have had the opportunity to have the tears have the the tissue box ready and mm-hmm. to get everything out. Actually, they feel a lot better.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, then, just, just being heard and being seen sometimes, it's, it's such a powerful thing um, to move along the process.
0: It, it's often underestimated, but to actually give someone the space, a non-judgmental space mm-hmm. to just be heard and just to listen... And whatever it is they they feel inside is so powerful because often we have people that listen to us and then give us advice or give us contrary information, and you know that doesn't allow us to process whatever is going on inside. Mm-hmm. But um, through mediation, as, as a facilitator, you know it's a non-judgmental space.
1: Mm-hmm. So your setup of that space. And um, trust with you becomes very, very fundamental. And it really depends from listening to you, you know, with with me as a psychologist, you know, that's the, you know, I always say the first rung of the ladder is when I'm coaching or or seeing someone in practice um, is that I often say they're, they're checking me out, right? (laughs) It it takes them um, and it's not, it's not personally about me, but it's about everything that they bring with them through, you know, how many years of their life, and that imprint, um, they're, they're, they're adjusting it to try to figure out, can they let me proceed? Um, do I have the, the qualities to, to be perceived as someone I can allow into that space, which is, which is really a, a big privilege, if you think about what you do, uh, vendor because, you know, when people are in a space that oftentimes they're hurt, or they're in pain. And, and then, you know, you're trying to resolve it, but they're stuck in that that pain and they want to move along, but they're trying to figure out how am I going to move along? And you become really a, the solution to help them maybe Absolutely. adjust that, I mean, they often
0: they... people are in disputes, are uh, experiencing a lot of mental health issues. And yeah. uh, as a consequence of, of um, going into mediation, I'm actually trained as a mental health first aider. Mm-hmm. Because oftentimes I've noticed that, especially in, in, in workplace conflicts, that people are really facing trauma, a lot of trauma. And there are, um, are instances where people are are also experiencing PTSD. And that, so if someone is in that heightened sense of, of mindset, there is no way they can communicate effectively in a mediation to to settle the, the situation. So as a mental health First aid. I have. I had to learn to um uh, to recognise those signals, mm-hmm. because that meant at that point I would stop the mediation and, and encourage them to get professional help. Because I'm I'm not a, you know, yeah. an expert like yourself in that. And sometimes how, um, people don't recognise that they are in that situation because they are, you know, some people are always heightened. They are really they can't. They're agitated and the piece of the situation. And then yeah, they're, they're not aware that it's all yeah. by their company, yeah. but they're not yes. ready
1: for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And they they're not realizing to. that this um, stance that they're coming forward to, it's its um, its not healthy, because if it's some space that they've lived in for a long period of time, um, you know, to them, it's like, what do you mean? I've, I've never experienced what you're talking about. So it makes sense. So obviously at that point, mediation breaks down and you're looking at referring that person to get the supports to maybe return when they're in a better psychological and emotional state to be able to, to proceed along uh, the process. So let's, let's talk a little bit, you know, so you said you do a lot of um, employee uh, disputes. Let's talk a little bit about the, the um, commercial or international work that you've done. Cause I've, you know, when you shared some of it uh, through your workshop, it was fascinating. She shared a, a case and I was like all in because there was so many you know, so many players and so many variables that I think it's something that I'm sure companies that, uh, or leaders that I might be listening that have, um, that's a m- multinational might be interested in kind of you know, that space. So what is it that you think would be helpful for say CEOs or leaders listening um, about corporate uh, mediation? Well,
0: um, thank you for the opportunity. So with the mediation, um, I think in current, looking at where we are as a world right now, we've come out of a, an incredibly unrealistic period of time with the COVID pandemic. It's affected us all worldwide. Um, we are all going through incredible economic challenges. And as a consequence, businesses, are having to make decisions and move, trying to figure out ways to move forward. In in I mean, businesses have often, and CEOs and manage, managers have had to make decisions um, in various economic cycles throughout the years. But what we are facing at the current stage is um, unprecedented in, in so many ways. Uh, because the usual tools and the usual systems that we normally use are kind of not working, and I don't know whether you follow English politics, we have had um, further um, issues um, with the the merry-go-round that's been happening with the, the change of, of um, premiership, and hopefully fingers crossed things will smooth out now, but in terms of um, How so? You know, public policy. When public policy is not uh, in an alignment with economic uh, changes, it disrupts how businesses can move forward. With the economic changes uh, due to COVID, it's um, given a a, a lot of supply chain issues. There's been a lot of supply chain disruption, Um, and as a consequence, many uh, companies, many startups, uh, with investors are having um, the mediation can be used in terms of helping to um, just have those difficult discussions because obviously um, startups uh, growing and developing in this economic climate is a challenge in Mm -hmm. some sectors and investors obviously want to get a return uh, an economic return so how do you have those difficult conversations sometimes um, there are issues where uh, there may be a, a number of projects that are um, on the table, but because of the lack of economic clarity or um, the disruptions to the, to the supply chain, there is a clash between what the management want and the board want and what investors want.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: there's a, 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 you know, everyone has got their own um, objectives and the, the way that they want to go forward so mediation is a way for um, boards that are clashing or boards that are clashing with investors to have that opportunity to have a neutral uh, facilitator to try and help the two sides to listen and understand each other um, that they may not be able to do directly and often you know we've seen uh, a lot but um, in the press, uh, for instance, there's um, a heightened a number of companies that are going insolvent. So difficult decisions are being made and being discussed in boardrooms right now because of the economic and supply chain disruption. So how do you, how do you have those different conversations with your team? If you have to make redundancies, you know, and there's not a, an agreement as to who's going to go, who's going to stay you know, who are you going to pin the blame on in the board? Or how are you going to report to that investor that things are not going so well? And if often, you know, managers, board members, we all are trained in our technical abilities. Um, And often it's technical people that become promoted to managerial or board member roles, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're great communicators or great facilitators of discussion or negotiators and these mm-hmm. are specialist skills um, even as lawyers uh, we know how to negotiate contracts but negotiating emotions is not something <laughs> that lawyers generally do but as a mediator as a facilitator that is exactly what we do we look at the whole the, the, hum- the human behavior and and obviously these relationships have a dynamic impact. On the progression and development and the culture of the organization, and without having these difficult conversations in a in a in a um, in a, a an environment where people can speak up without judgment, and having that uh, ability to speak up, you know, a lot of companies now are are, are having to comply with ESG, mm-hmm. environmental, social, governance. So a lot of difficult conversations are happening due to that as well and um there's been a lot of um uh, cases where um companies who are saying that they are green have green credentials um it they it's not exactly that true so you know the, the term used for that is greenwashing you know how do you deal with that as a board how do you deal with that as as a company because then that's come out to your client
1: to your customer base
0: and your your culture
1: too because you may be attracting people that are you know completely buying into the company or wanting to be associated with company and then if they're not living that value that they say they're living that could really on a on an international stage uh, create that perception of the of the brand and like you said your your customers and who how are you going to build that business yeah so
0: as a mediator as a facilitator you're actually helping to facilitate dialogue with the stakeholders your Mm. known stakeholders and those uh, unknown stakeholders in the case that i went through in rome you will remember that i talked about stakeholders and um the ones that the company hadn't even acknowledged or Mm. had even thought of there were indirect stakeholders which had an impact in how the company was perceived and how you know they were able to move move forward with that particular dispute because it it uh, impacted many co- communities
1: mm-hmm. and
0: uh, people even outside of that country
1: if you remember so right i know because it was it was very uh multifaceted, you had two companies, and then there was manufacturing elements and different countries and, you know, all the, the ripple effect. And that's what I found really, I really enjoyed that because I thought, you know, you think of a, you know, like a pebble in a river, but quite literally, there was reverberations from lots of different elements, and how you had to work with all the different elements to kind of, you know, understand what it would take to move them along. And that's, that's sounds like it's, it's a lot of work. So when you're working with something like that, Arvinder, are you um, are you processing it with a team or are you, you know, once you've had these meetings and like you said, you interview all the people involved, all the people involved, board, um, management, sometimes labor, all those things. Are you um, going back to say a colleague or that you're synthesizing this with, or are you kind of going through the process yourself before you kind of proceed on to the next step? It's a
0: mixture of the two. Certainly, you know, unlike an advisory role where you don't get get impacted with all the emotional stuff that's being brought forward, um, you you do need to take that that space to mm. re central center yourself for sure. Mm. um And yes, certainly, I work with co mediators and, and other. Experts um, as an when required, each situation is different. So, I certainly like to work as a team um, in in resolving uh, issues if required. It, it depends on the on the situation. I mean, the remember the example I gave. We had three different mediators in that instance, and yes. each one had a different approach. Mm-hmm. So, and, and a different way of viewing the dispute. And and this is where uh, having Uh, being unbiased and being aware of your own um, limitations in a sense if you if you feel uh, strongly about a particular situation then it's unfair for the parties if you think that you can be independent because Mm -hmm. you yourself should be honest with yourself and say well i can't deal with this because i have a strong opinion about this situation and that way you're not independent and impartial so You do have have internal integrity. Yeah, like an internal
1: conflict that you're kind of saying, this is kind of feeling like I I kind of can see this person's position more so. And I I don't know that I can create the space to move from that. At that point, you would say to the company or whatever that you're going to bring somebody else on uh, to help you out. Yeah, you have to
0: be. This is where self awareness and constantly working on your own biases and your own thought process is is so important because Mm -hmm. as as you go along uh, and it's a journey with peace building things that may have affected you before may not be the case uh, you know further down the road because you've learned to I mean I'm sure it's the same when you were absolutely
1: absolutely because we when we train um a psychologist we go in you know there's transfer you I'm sure you guys probably have the concept or maybe if it's the same term transference, counter-transference where the client can say a line to you because you remind them of their sister um, who maybe wasn't so kind to them or whatever. It's the same thing. Or even us, um, the other way is counter-transference where we're having um, a reaction based on a, a frame of reference in our life. So that what happens is you're like, whoa, I'm having this feeling or reaction to this conversation that has nothing to do with the two people across from each other it's it's more about me and like you know with anything you go back it's a it's absolutely awareness it's processing it understanding it I mean you're a human being at the end of the day as well but you know what is it is if there's a limitation to call it to your point because then I'm not you know working in the best interest of the client it becomes more about me. And then how do I clear that block if I were to proceed and should I proceed? And sometimes having that conversation openly with someone else in the field, like you would, allows you to make the best decision for that client because in the end of the day, it's for the client, right?
0: Yes, and this is the main difference with mediation because you're dealing with people's emotions, because you're dealing with their behavior and and really delving into who is in front of you as a person. Mm as opposed to as a lawyer or even as an arbitrator, you're looking at the legal arguments. You're looking at the legal process. You're looking at the legal, the documents. Yeah. So the emotions are in some, in a lot of ways, taken out.
1: Yeah. It's kind of packed away off to the side and you're thinking, oh, I feel this. However, it doesn't matter. What's the precedent or what's the, what's all the facts in front of me and being able to fight that case for whoever you're working on behalf of. Like I said, it feels like it's too, um, different fields, in a way, even though you know, I could see this could be cross pollination of skills that would be helpful. Um, but then, technically, you're, you're who you're working on behalf of is is the the shift in the client. So, for leaders out there, Avinder, that are they're probably we know that most people deal with conflict and change and shifting and resizing and you know quiet, um, quitting that we're talking about. There's a lot going on in companies. To your point, um, post-pandemic, it probably not that it wasn't there before, but it's now. I think lots of light has been shone on things that maybe people kind of could gloss over and move on, and now not so much. We don't have that same kind of time. So for for leaders or or um, CEOs listening, what kind of things would you tell them about considering about thinking? about some of those conflicts or, or um, situations in their companies? What 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 would you tell them about mediation?
0: Mediation helps you to have those difficult conversations in a safe, confidential environment. So often there are situations, like as I mentioned before, most times people who have been promoted to managerial positions, are technical people who have done, who are very good technically, they've done really well and so they've been promoted and all of a sudden they are managing people but they have never really managed people before (laughs) and all of a sudden they've got people coming to them with problems when really they're a technical person so they don't know how to so the, that's when conflict some conflicts can arise, for instance, mm-hmm. um, and that all depends on what support structures do that organisation have. Are there any training programs for that new manager or even um, a slightly more established manager to deal with um, human, the relationships in, in in the in the department, in in the building, in the in the organisation? What kind of psychological safety have they evolved. Um, Often when it comes to people, um, they um, uh, say, oh, that's a HR's role. (laughs) That's HR's problem. You know, if someone's being difficult and they may be perceived to be difficult by that person, but if you break it down, it could be because they have a a lack of um, clarity on their role, they have, a lack of clarity in the boundaries of the uh, the situation um there's often a lack of communication as to what their role is uh, in a sense or um you know there are many different aspects that could be triggering the dispute so one would have to look at well what is the culture what what's um Policies. I mean, sometimes people have policies, but they're not living policies. Some people have policies just for the sake of it, in mm-hmm. a sense. And often, um, you know, sometimes, for instance, what would you do if um, employee A says to employee B, oh, I didn't have time to do some work, but we're going to go into a meeting now. Can you just tell them, oh, I, I wasn't able to do it because I was... Um, stuck with some doing something else a little white lie, you know, as employee B, what have they what have you, you know, what kind of training and skills? Oh, you know, how can you help that employee B who may be put in a difficult situation? at that point, because employee A is a senior to them? Right. What, how would you yes. help employee B as an organizational structure, to mm. be able to feel comfortable enough to say, Well, I'm sorry, I'm not going to cover your back. I'm not going to lie for you. You have to own up that you didn't do it.
1: Right. right. <laughs> because so, yeah. Roles of responsibility. Companies. Yeah. And hierarchical structures. That's, that's such, such a good point. So I think um, companies need to understand that, you know, if there's, if this infrastructure doesn't exist to your point, that's when something uh, like a, um, mediation with your team would be or having a conversation to at least see what is in the best interest versus assuming that each manager or get training to to ensure that you get people to the level that they can deliver. And yeah what's I mean not- I offer
0: training programs to assist with this and I also like to delve deep into a company and, and understand how what the people dynamic is because you're dealing right. with personalities, egos, values. Often we have mission and value statements as companies, but what what does that actually mean when it comes down to the ground and how right. does that when be? the rubber
1: hits the road like they say how does it translate and how are, are people acting in accordance with those mission visions values um you know you're, you're right often a lot of companies i work with it's out of alignment. it's kind of the thing they put on the wall but mm. when when uh you have difficult situations it's not what people are, are referring back to so reality is one and day-to-day is another um and then of course then you get into that tumbleweed where their little things become bigger things, and then you know you're having a lot of landmines throughout the company. and then you know what what happens to your your you know people managers and your HR and what's happening to the bottom line at that point. It's a bit of a you know, I've just recently
0: a... written an article which is on my blog now. if you want to have a look. it's all about why employees find it difficult to speak up.
1: Okay, well, that, you know what that if you provide that, we can we can actually add it to the show notes. Arvinda, this has been amazing. As usual, after sitting through a workshop, I I had such a good time and we were able uh, to spend some time and get to know each other uh, um, in person. So where is it that you would like people to get a hold of you if they wanted to find out further about some of the things that you're offering? Um, So just let us know um, where where you'd like them to. Yeah, we can
0: go to www.minitmediation.com, and I will also send some information to you where your listeners can
1: uh, can find me awesome well it's been a pleasure having you so what am i walk i'm walking away with you know most of us are technical and we have been promoted because of technical skills um but actively listening to not give solutions is something that i think most human beings need to continue to work on. I know it's something um, that I continue to work on um, in, in my daily life, not just at work, but also at home. So to think about that is like, you know, how is it that I give myself the time to try to really listen? And if you're not so good at it, try to take some time and practice it. Um, Maybe don't practice it with your most important client, but maybe practice it with somebody that, uh, you know, is a trusted person that could give you some feedback. Um, So, again, thanks for tuning in. If you're wanting to find out more about your relationships, uh, you can go to RoxanneBerhoch.com. Uh, forward slash quiz. There's a quick quiz that you can do to kind of see your level of connectedness or authenticity in your relationships, either at work or at home. And we'll send you a little mini report so you kind of know uh, where you stand with maybe some next steps. So again, Avinda, thanks so much. And for everyone, we'll chat with you next week. Take care.